Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Ministries podcast. The last couple weeks, we've been looking at benedictions. I chose to do benedictions following looking at some of Paul's prayers, because the benedictions have a sense of prayer to them, and yet they don't, because a benediction is something that we say to the people, and yet at the same time, it has a sense that it's sort of addressed to God because it's about God and what we would like Him to do. So, just to refresh our memories, to refresh you, and if you've started the series now, the definition of a benediction is the declaration of blessings from God upon His loved ones. Benedictions, though brief, offer words of assurance or precepts designed to bring joy, peace, comfort, and security to those who place their trust in God. The word benediction comes from the Latin bene, meaning good, and disere, meaning say. In other words, they're good sayings, good words. In the Bible, a benediction referred to good words from God or his representatives toward his people as a blessing. Finally, reciting a benediction is meant to encourage believers and stimulate joy and commitment to God. Well, as the one saying in these benedictions and looking at them together with you, I hope that's been your experience so far in the first two podcasts. I had such a rich time myself listening to this past podcast, just hearing the benediction at the end several times and hearing the Lord speak it. And so, I'm going to do a couple more this week and the following week. And I pray that God would help me and help you experience these good words, these benediction words, in such a way that they really would touch your heart, bring joy, peace, comfort, whatever it is the Lord wants to do for your soul, for your heart. Well, the text I want to primarily focus on today is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21. So, let's listen. The author says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, remember, these letters would have been read aloud, and here we are at the conclusion of a very long letter, which is so funny. I didn't write this here, but right after this, the author actually says, you know, I'm sorry the letter is so brief and so short. Like, oh my gosh. But anyway, Hebrews is quite a long letter, and here the author is now wanting to speak this benediction, these good words of encouragement. And he says, now may the God of peace. But then he interrupts himself by kind of bringing this wonderful little piece of truth, a little piece of synopsis of the letter where he says, in almost like parentheses, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Well, there's a lot in that phrase, which I don't really want to unpack because I want to stay in the benediction. But on the other hand, a lot of times these benedictions also carry with it 
some substance as to why they're giving the benediction or what the content of the benediction is about. And in this case, this idea of equipping and this idea of God working is something that Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, that he would be wanting to do for us together with God. So now I want to say the text, though, without that little parenthetical statement, so you really hear the benediction itself. Now, may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us or in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So again, the odd part about these benedictions, about these blessings, is that they're spoken to the people in a sense about God, and yet when it begins, may the God of peace, you sense in it also this request from God that he would do this on their behalf. And yet instead of asking, it comes across as a declaration is that this is what he is doing and what he will do and what we all want to see him do. And in this case, for his glory, forever and ever. Amen. So, what are the two primary things? Now may the God of peace equip you, and may he work in you or in us. And I'm saying both of those because in the footnote of the NIV, it says it could be either you or us. So, again, equip you, and may he work in you. First of all, just to recognize that God is the one who, together with us, in cooperation with us, is working to equip us. He is helping us. He is training us, giving us what is necessary. And the author says, it's everything good. Everything good. May he equip you with everything good. And what would all that be? I have no idea. Everything good for doing his will. Everything good for doing his will. What are the things that the Lord could equip us with that's really good that would help us do his will? Well, as I was thinking about that, I couldn't help but find myself immediately go to Romans 12.2. Many of us know this verse, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing, and perfect will. Well, if God is trying to equip us with everything good for doing His will, certainly a part of that equipping is as He speaks to us and instructs us and guides us through His Word, where through His Word we discover what His will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will, and it's by meditating on it, memorizing it, studying it, as we encounter Him in it, that Paul says we are transformed by it. Our minds are transformed by it, and thus our actions and our attitudes, our emotions are changed by his word. As we are in it and processing it and internalizing it, it changes us and causes us to know what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. So now again, when the Hebrews author says, now may the God of peace equip you with everything good for doing his will. Just recognizing that as the great shepherd of the sheep, the Lord Jesus, together with God, would want to give you, equip you, help you with anything and everything that would be good. 
in order to empower you to do his will. And of course, from the Romans text, 12.2, we recognize that at least one of those things for sure is his word. But he also says, and may he work in you, in us, what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. May he work in us, in us. Equipping may have more this idea of training, of growing. Work in has this idea of even more so transformation, of causing us to become more like him in every part of us, in every part of our mind, in every part of our spirit, every part of our soul, whatever it is, but that he would work in us, in you, work among us even, what is pleasing to him. I find such great encouragement in that. There are things that he knows we need work on, things that need to be changed, things that need to be addressed. And it says that he will work in us what is pleasing to him. You know, that caused me to think of another passage from Paul. Maybe you've heard this one in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, where Paul exhorts the church there to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, which in my father's Philippians commentary, he actually prefers the phrase, work out your salvation with holy awe and wonder. And the idea is simply that many of you have probably heard this verse in Philippians 1, 6, where he says that he's confident that he who began a good work in you will finish it, bring it to completion. And the you there is plural. The work that God began begins in us individually. But the overall thing that Paul's confident about is that God wants this individual work in us, this transformation in us, is supposed to be played out in a people, in relationships where we love each other and we were like Jesus to one another. And he's just saying, you know, do your part. Work out your salvation. Work out what it means to be saved and to be a community of saved people, a community of people who are being changed by the Lord and therefore relate to one another in his ways and like him. He says, do this with holy awe and wonder because you guys are unique. You are special. You are God's special creation. You are his masterpiece. And we shouldn't take this work that he's doing in us lightly. That's, I think, behind the fear and trembling, the holy awe and wonder is that look what God did for us. And how can we not, out of holy awe and wonder, want to cooperate with him and do what's our part to see him work in us what is pleasing to him? But verse 13, he says, For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Or I even like it better the way the NLT says it. I actually asked my dad about this, and he said, yeah, I think that's really an excellent way to translate it. Where the NLT says, for God, God is working in you. See, we are working out our salvation with holy awe and wonder. But he says, but remember, at the same time, God is working in you, giving you the desire, which in the NASB was both to will He's giving you the desire and the power to do, which in the NASB was to will and to work. That's why I think the NLT is more clear. God is working in you. He's working in me, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Isn't that amazing? 
God. You know, so often it seems like we get into our minds that we're the ones that are supposed to be working so hard at getting equipped and we're the ones working so hard at trying to get this work done in us so that we would live lives that are more pleasing to Him. And yet here in this benediction, we're finding out that it's the God of peace who wants to equip us with everything good for doing His will and wants to work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ. And that here in this passage in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, he says, yes, you are working out your salvation individually and corporately in holy awe and wonder. But remember, it's God who is at work in you, working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do you realize that God is the one who's on our side, helping us, empowering us to change us? It's just amazing to me. We are not in this alone, you guys. He pursued us, sent Jesus to die for us. He saved us. He reconciled us to himself. And he wants us to become like him in every way. And he's not just sitting back passively going, well, work hard. He's coming alongside, right alongside with us, in us, together, to help that change take place. Well, now I want you to hear it from the Lord. I am the God of peace, and I am equipping you, beloved one, with everything good for doing my will, and I am working in you, I am working in you what is pleasing to me through Jesus Christ. To me, then, be the glory forever and ever. Even hear the Philippians text. For it is I, your God, who am working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. Oh, Father, we're just so grateful. So grateful. Lord Jesus, so grateful, Holy Spirit, so, so grateful that this work that you began in us individually and corporately, you're not just telling us to strive and push and struggle with all our might as you would sit back and just wait to see if we could pull it off. Father, thank you that you love us so much, that you are so committed and you didn't just start this good work, but you are so committed to working it in us and through us and helping us reach that end goal of becoming like you. So one more time, hear it from the Lord's heart to yours. Beloved, I am the God of peace, your God of peace, and I am equipping you with everything good for doing my will. And I am working in you what is pleasing to me through Jesus Christ. For it is I who am working in you. I am working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases me. So to me be glory forever and ever. Oh, Lord Jesus, would you work that deep into our hearts? Help us to cooperate. Help us to notice that you're doing this. 
Help us also in holy awe and wonder, Lord, to do our part, to take seriously this work of transformation you're trying to do in us personally and corporately. But help us, Lord Jesus, help us, Father, Holy Spirit, to do our part, but to just take such encouragement that you are also helping us in this. We love you, Lord. We love you. So now, let me be the one to say this as a benediction over you. Beloved, may the peace of God, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may the God of peace equip you with everything good today for doing his will. And may he work in you today and every day what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you all and have a great day.